Hey, you already know who it is. It's your boy Charlie Clips, Harlem all day, every day, even when we outside, we still in the building. You already know what it is, man. Real fans, real talk. You understand what I'm saying? I deal with real fans, real talk. Early. Guys, and welcome back to another <coughs> episode of Real Fans Real Talk. My fault. One, I'll start it over. Don't yeah, about, I'm sorry, bro. Don't worry about it. Guy, guy. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another virtual episode of Real Fans Real Talk. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, aka Legend in Two Games. And as always, I got the big homie with me, Trip Young. Bro, what's going on, man? What's good, man? I finally, I finally was able to get a new uh, Giants hat since they got a win this past week. I was like, you know what? I can bring a Giants hat out of the closet for today's show. I'm so proud we got one in. Um, yeah. But man, yeah, I'm good, man. I can't complain. My grandma's 103rd birthday is uh, is Wednesday, but you know we went out on the town uh, last night, so I'm 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 in a great mood. I'm ready to get this thing going. Absolutely. Always a beautiful thing. And, and again, happy birthday to your grandmother, man. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, the Giants got a big win yesterday. NFL was a little shaky, though, these past two weeks. We weren't sure how many games we were going to get, who was going to play. There's been a lot of reshuffling and rescheduling. COVID is definitely ripping through the NFL. Uh -huh. We're only through six weeks. Trip, do you think we will get a conclusion to this season or you think that the positive test will just start to outweigh the amount of guys who can actually play? Well, I mean, clearly, because, you know, we, well, I want to see this thing, you know, <laughs> through. Um, and I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping this is just like the um, the little scare that we had with MLB early on. when We didn't know if that was going to make it. We, we were just like, all right, we are about we have one more test away from the MLB season getting shut down. Um, but of course, you know, we're, we're about to uh, to start the World Series. So it worked out. So I'm hoping it'll be the same thing for the NFL. Um, but it, it's just, it's tough, bro. It's, it's really tough because it, I mean, it's hard, like, you know, again, and, and this is why we commend Adam Silver and the NFL and in the NBA, the NBA Players Association so much because they got it right. They went through, they finished the season out in the bubble without a positive uh, COVID test, you know, and, and, and it's, I know it's tougher with football and, and baseball really, because there's so many more, players and you know with the nba they were only bringing 22 teams back into the bubble so when you have the smaller rosters and then you're only taking you're taking uh 10 less teams than there are in the league it makes things a little bit easier however you guys had the blueprint from the nba and that's both major league baseball and the nfl um, you know, because even with Major League Baseball, again, they had their big scares and they had spoken about doing a playoff bubble, which they wound up, you know, they, they, they didn't, you know, go through with it. But, you know, with the NFL, again, it's even harder because there's so many moving parts, so many players, so many coaches, the training staff and whatnot. 
Um, but I am hoping, and I'm glad Cam got back uh, from his his positive test. But it just seems like every time someone comes back, someone goes out with another uh, positive COVID test. I know uh, right now the Panthers are having their little freaking their stretch right now of of COVID tests, and it seems like we're going like kind of team to team. So I'm I'm hoping I got my fingers crossed that uh, this thing can uh, can can complete. But man, you know, listen, don't 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 listen to, to our president. This thing is, is very real. Okay. Don't you know don't this this coronavirus is very real. Um and it's going to be tough for the NFL. But I, I'm 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 keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that they can do it. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that we get a conclusion to this season. Um, as you mentioned, Major, Major League Baseball went through a big scare early in their season where you know damn near the whole Miami Marlins team tested positive. And they had to figure out a way. And then the Cardinals went through it. And a lot of other teams went through it as well. Um, basketball was always in a unique situation. And we've talked about it before because basketball, one, was able to eliminate pretty much eight teams off the list and say, all right, you're not coming at all. And then they were also on the cusp of the playoffs already. So it was easier to just say, we're going to be in one location. And as teams get eliminated, we just start sending them home. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. before you know it, it, it becomes very reasonable. And as we've applauded them in the past, they had no positive test because they were able to handle it correctly but also be able to do it within a, 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 a an amount of time that worked for everyone nfl is in a much tougher predicament because you're trying to play out the whole season with again 32 teams 53 man rosters on every team traveling going city to city state to state while still allowing teams to practice and have some sort of way to prepare for games because again there was no preseason so you know every team had to come into this situation uh, a little blind in the fact of like, how, how is this going to work in regards to travel, preparation, hotels? So I think the NFL has done a decent job. I don't blame them for everything we've seen because as, as we've seen throughout the country, COVID is, is still widespread and the numbers start to increase again. And it's only a matter of time before it's going to get closer to the athletes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do commend the NFL because every time we've heard of any type of scare or positive test, facilities have been shut down immediately. Right away. Yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick has, has been quick to say we're going to shut it down. The Colts shut it down the other day, even though it was false positives, but they still shut it down just to make sure everybody was okay. So I commend them for doing that. And that's why I am cautiously optimistic that we're going to get a conclusion to the season, but we can't overlook the fact that we're only in week six and we're already dealing with this. And so the fact that we keep having to rework schedules, I think this is the third week that we've had two Monday night games, which is unheard of. Um, I like it though. <laughs> as, it. Listen, as, as fans, we love it. Um, yeah. But but again, it speaks to how much the NFL is trying to rework things. You know, we had a game on Tuesday the other week. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. things that are unheard. Yeah, that of. was just crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we we had a Monday night football game and a Tuesday night game. It was like that's never happened before. Um, but you know, we we hope that they get through it and, and it all works out. Um, as you mentioned at the, at the top of the show, the New York Giants did get their first win yesterday. They're still in the race for Trevor Lawrence, though. Don't get fooled. They're still right there in the mix. They're also still in the race for the NFC East title. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're, they're, they're really one foot in, one foot out. Like, are we trying to compete? Or are we just going to take it away at one and five, which sounds crazy, uh, if Dallas loses tonight, which is a very real possibility, which yes. we're gonna get into in a second, the Giants could only be one game out of first place. Um, but there is a New York team that is the front runner for Tre Trevor Lawrence right now. Uh, that is the New York Jets, who are an absolute mess. Mm -hmm. 0 and 6. They were shut out yesterday by the Miami Dolphins. 
um, they are on six against the spread. So for my gambling folks, that means they, they're not even competing. If you're betting against them, whether you're taking the line, whether you're just taking an outright win, you're winning money no matter what. Trip, mm-hmm. what is taking so long for them to fire Adam Gase? And also we saw Le'Veon Bell released earlier this week. We're going to get into more of that. But what do they do with Adam Gase? Do they keep him around? Do they just tank with him? What, what should they do at this point? You know what? Normally, I'd be like, "All right, he 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 should have been out of here three weeks ago. This thing ain't working." Um, you know, and I, you know, I'm not gonna put the blame on anybody for the Jamal Adams situation, but he is probably top three at safety position in this league, and somebody that you know I would have loved to see the Jets hold on to. You know what I mean? Um, but. Again, now we come back to the season. You start 0-6. It's ugly. But I think at this point, you know what I mean? We're taking for trouble. So you might as well let Adam Gates keep keep messing up and ride this thing out. And at the end of the season, get him up out of there. Because obviously they, they ain't making the playoffs. So, you know, get him up out of there. And then you start fresh and you pick up Trevor Lawrence, trade Sam Darnold. You know, maybe you can get another first-round pick uh, a, a little bit later on in, in the draft. And you gotta just you, you gotta go from there. Um, it's 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 ugly right now. And 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 again, I don't you know I don't want to you know it's, this is it's not a, a, a stab at Sam Darnold because I think Sam Darnold has has been okay, um, but he literally has nothing to work with. But if you got you know you got Trevor Lawrence coming right up the gate and shout out to him he uh, four touchdowns in the first half this past weekend. Uh, they put up it was seventy three to seven was the final score in uh, in in that Clemson game. I think they were playing up with Georgia Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, but it, again, you know, he's one of those guys. He's the he's the he's the the, the Joe Burrow. You know, the Deshaun Watson. He's one of those guys where Sam Darnold is is okay. He may even be good. He may even get to a Pro Bowl. Um, but you know, you got a generational talent at the quarterback position coming up. Um, so, you know, he's, he's going to have to go, you know what I mean? I mean? You could try to keep him, but I, but if you, if you're bringing in, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, then you're going to need something to go along with him. He's going to need a wide receiver to throw to a running back, something, you know, again, like you mentioned, Le'Veon is out of there. So he's going to need something. Um, they've, They've picked up pieces along the offensive line. So maybe offensive lineman, you know, another offensive lineman to go along with Trevor Lawrence if they wind up going in, in that direction. Uh, but yeah, but but you by this point, you might as well just keep him. We every we, we know he's horrible. We he ain't turning this thing around, but I don't think nobody's gonna come in and turn this thing around for the Jets. So ride it out till the wheels fall off, tank for, for Trevor, and then next season we coming out fresh. Whole new mentality. This is this, and look at this as the the, the COVID throwaway season for you guys. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think the Jets had any plan at all, um, and it started from the draft. We we talked about it. We did the live episode during the draft. Uh, we did the first round, obviously, and and we were in discussion throughout the second and third round um, as we watched both our teams make selections. And one of the things that stood out to me was, again, young quarterback on his rookie deal going into his third season. And they got him absolutely no weapons through the draft. Denzel Mims, who was a second round pick, has not produced at all. Makai Becton has struggled as a project offensive lineman. And we kind of knew that was going to happen when he came in. But when you really take a deep dive into the draft and you look at the amount of playmakers that the Jets passed over. When the Jets took Makai Becton in the first round, they passed over CeeDee Lamb, Jared Judy, 
Harry Ruggs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, right? In the second round, Jonathan Taylor, mm -hmm. um, the, the Chase Claypool with Pittsburgh, uh, DeAndre Swift with Detroit. I've just named you eight rookie playmakers who are all making an impact on their team. Yep. And if they're not starting, they're key pieces of those teams. And yet somehow the Jets went through two rounds of the draft and didn't get one of those guys. Yeah. And we were both so, wondering why they didn't pick up a wide receiver. Right, right. So they did themselves and their quarterback a big disservice in not getting him the weapons. And I agree with you. I think you hold on to Gates and you say, you know what? It's as bad as it's going to be. We're not going to compete for the division anyway. We're not competing for a playoff spot. So let's ride this thing out. And if we finish the season 0-16 or 2-14, and so be it. We're going to draft Trevor. And I think if they hold on to Adam Gates, it's a telltale sign that they are drafting Trevor because the new head coach is going to come in. No, no shade to, to Sam Darnold. The new head coach is going to come in and gonna say, why shouldn't I just draft the guy I really want? Why should I get stuck with your guy? We saw it in Arizona when they had Josh Rosen, right? Mm -hmm. New head coach comes in and says, no, nah, no, nah, Kyler Murray's my guy. So Josh Rosen, y'all can trade him. Y'all can release him. Do whatever you want to do with him. Exactly. Kyler Murray's my guy. So the same thing's going to happen in New York. And, and just from an analytical standpoint, if you're the Jets, it's the smartest thing to do. We know that the best teams in the league, if you look through the best teams in the league right now, and if you look through the last 20 years, the best teams are able to get a good rookie quarterback who's on a rookie deal and fill out the rest of the roster with veteran pieces that make perfect sense. So that's what you need to do if you're the Jets. You take Trevor Lawrence and you worry about allocating those funds to other areas so that he doesn't struggle the same way Sam Darnold just struggled, right? Exactly. Also, as you mentioned, Trevor Lawrence, big numbers. He continues to have big numbers. Uh, this is a guy who won a national championship as a true freshman. He is considered by most the best quarterback to come out of the draft since Andrew Luck. So that means over the last eight to 10 years, they haven't seen a guy better than him. It's a no brainer. If you're the Jets, you shouldn't even be trying to compete. I, I think you lay down for the rest of the, you, you basically lay down for the rest of the season and you say, I don't care how ugly this thing's get, this thing gets, Trevor Lawrence is our guy next year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it just, it just, it just, it just really makes the most sense. Um, you know, you got, you got to do it. And, they need it. They 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 need an energy boost because I mean, I mean I can't remember when the Jets were were really good. Uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm just looking back for when they was decent. At least. Right. I'm trying to go back to to them being being decent. Um, you know, but it, it, it even and even though you know I mean you guys know I'm a Giants fan, but you know I don't like I don't want them to be all the way in the in, in the double. I at least want them to to to, to be a little somewhat you know competitive. You know what I mean? They they still are, a, you know, a New York team. You know, the stadium is in is in uh, Jersey, um, but yeah, man. Uh, you know, we 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 gonna have to wait and see. But I I think he 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 stays with them until the end, and then he's up out of there. And Trevor Lawrence is the new guy with the new coach. Sam Darnold's on his way out. Um, but let's backtrack though, because you did mention Le'Veon Bell is already on his way out, which is kind of crazy because after he had his whole back and forth with Jamal Adams earlier this season when Jamal Adams wanted out, now he's up out of there. Uh, he's officially uh, a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, which I, I'm just like, geez, do they need another freaking weapon right now? Um, but, you know, Hilaire has, has you know, he, he's cooled off since his hot, you know what I'm saying, start of the season. So I think it, this will actually help him and the Chiefs, um, you know, if he still has it left in the tank. Because, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say it because, you know, we haven't seen it from the Jets, even though everybody's been horrible. But, you know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll find out really fast if he's finished 
or if he still got some juice left in the in the tank. Um, either way, he's managed to put himself into great position to to really turn his career around. Um, you know, because even if, if he's if he's solid, the Chiefs have a freaking great chance of going to the Super Bowl. So you come out looking great anyway. Um, and again, for you know, for the Chiefs, you, you pick up somebody who is a or has you know can be a thousand yard rush season who can get you four or five hundred receiving yards out of the backfield at the running back position and you know somebody that's gonna push your rookie um so you could you know to step his game up because now you got somebody coming at your nipping at your coattails you got the starting spot right now but you know Le'Veon Bell coming at you at your coattails he ain't no slouch you know even though he's had his down years with the Jets but we know what Le'Veon Bell can do when he has a good team behind him, when he has a, a good offensive line in front of him, when he has a good quarterback, you know, at, at center. So, you know, you, you better be on point, uh, Hilaire. And I'm hoping you do too, because I have you in, in the fantasy football league. So I need you to get on point. I don't want you to let Le'Veon Bell come in and take your job, take your snap count. All right. I need all the points I can get. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's still Hilaire's job long-term. Um, he's a first round investment. So, I don't think they're just turning it back on him. I think this is Andy Reid's way of saying we need a veteran who's a little more established mm -hmm. and has just, a, you know, has a little better understanding of what, what to expect week to week. So I think it's a great move for Le'Veon. Um, I think Kansas City is going to use him the right way. I thought when the Jets got him, they would have used him more like Marshall Falk as opposed to a workload running back because he's so great out of the backfield catching the ball as well. They never did it. And look, I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. I mean, let's not forget he sat out a full year of football. Last year was pretty much his first was his first year with the Jets. Uh, they went the whole year without Sam Darnold, and he missed time. This year, he only played two games. So really, in the last two and a half years, he hasn't even played a full season. So I think the legs are fresh, and I think he's going to be rejuvenated playing with this group of talent. There's so many guys on that offense already. You know, we always talk about Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. Nicole Hardman, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they got so many guys, Marcus Robinson. He's going to fit right in. And don't be surprised if Andy Reid uses him similar to the way Andy Reid was using LaShawn McCoy in Philly when, when they had not only Shady, but they had Darren Sproles. Mm -hmm. And they had both those guys there at the same time. And they were finding ways to get them both involved. So I think Le'Veon is going to be a big part of what they do. We may not see it tonight, um, but I, I'm, I, I expect in the near future that Andy Reid is going to unveil some packages where we're going to be like, Bro, I don't even know who you're trying to even stop on offense now. Because yeah. if you're so busy worrying about doubling Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, then Sammy Watkins is going to have a big day. Nicole Hartman is going to have a big day. Oh, oh, and by the way, Le'Veon just caught seven passes out the backfield. Yeah. It's just so many weapons, man. It, it's almost like playing a, a souped-up Madden team at this point. Yeah. They've just got so many weapons on that team, man. Yep, exactly. And, and you actually you, – you mentioned something just now, which is, which is um, really huge because – we got, you know, again, the NFC East is, is horrible right now. Um, Dallas has a has a Monday night game against the Cardinals. But one of the things you mentioned with Le'Veon Bell is something that we've spoke about several times on the show is he was willing to take a year off to get the money that he felt that he deserved. And right now we're about to go into a, a, a Dallas game where Andy Dalton is now going to be the starter because obviously you guys know already, um, but Dak went down with that season ending uh, ankle injury. Um, and he chose not to take that time off. 
He chose to, you know what? I'm going to go. I'll take the franchise tag. I mean, listen, $38.5 million ain't nothing to slouch about. That's great until you get a, a season-ending injury. Then it's like, damn, maybe I should have taken the, the Le'Veon Bell route because I saw what happened with Earl Thomas. When he said, "Oh, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the the team guy, and I'm gonna say, you know what? I'll put this thing on the back burner, um, and I'll play." Well, guess what? He 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 wasn't back with the Seahawks the following season. He was gone. He was gone. Seahawks didn't give him that money. Okay, Le'Veon Bell went out. He listen. He went out the smart route. He took that. He took that year off. Said, "You know what? I'm good. I know running backs have the shortest uh, time length as far as career goes amongst NFL players." So I have to do this for my future, for my family's future, um, you know. And then with, you know, now we see with Dak, you went back out on that field, um, you know. I would if, if, you know, and if I'm Dak, you in the perfect, perfect situation. You had all of the leverage, and now you lost all of the leverage that you have because now they're gonna throw everything at you. Well, we got to see you healthy first. We got to see you back. See how you're gonna do. We give you this long term deal, and then you can't play, and yada yada yada. They're gonna give him the whole spiel on why they can't give him the money that he wanted. Um, so you know, I just wanted to to to, to mention that and applaud Le'Veon Bell for actually standing out, sticking to his guns, and saying, "No, I'm the, you know, what I'm saying I'm the prize here. Okay, I'm 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 worth." what I'm asking for and I'm not going to let you dictate and tell me what you want to give me, what I, what I'm, what I'm worth, because at the end of the day, when I can no longer be, be used for whatever you need me for, you're going to toss me to the wolves just like that. So I'm going to get what I'm supposed to get right now. And again, I hope that Dak can come back and still get the money that he wants, but if we're just going by the history of what's been going on right now with the Cowboys and his contract situations, he ain't getting the money that he wants, especially now coming off of a season-ending injury. Yeah, I mean, in regards to Dak's next contract, I think we're going to have to take a wait-and-see approach. I do like what I heard from Stephen Jones where he said, look, Dak is still the, the face of this franchise, and we plan on making it work some way, somehow. Um, also, the early indications were that after the surgery, they expected him to be ready to at least start football activities in about six months. You know, so that would put him on pace to be ready to go by March or April when we know the, the, normally those spring workouts start. The main difference between this situation and Le'Veon was Le'Veon had already played under the franchise tag once and he didn't want to run the risk of doing it again. And Le'Veon did have, I think, more leverage at the time because Ben was about 34, 35 at that point. So Le'Veon kind of started writing on the wall that you guys are going to start using me as a workhorse now. Our quarterback's already in his mid-30s. I'm going to become the main focal point of this offense, so I should be paid that way. And I understood Le'Veon's point of view on that. Dak, to me, lost leverage the moment they signed Andy Dalton. And we talked about it, and it's on a, a previous blog I, you know, that I've done that's on the page and on the website where I said signing Andy Dalton was short-term and long-term leverage because short-term, if Dak did decide to hold out, they could go with a proven veteran like Andy Dalton. Now, granted, Dak is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. But Andy Dalton is no slouch. He's a guy who's played in multiple playoff games in Cincinnati. Long-term, it gave them this type of advantage, knowing that, God forbid, anything happens to you, we have this veteran who can step in. Nobody saw that type of injury coming for Dak. Yeah. But if he had gotten hurt, if he came into camp out of shape, if he pulled the old Emmitt Smith move and said, I'm not going to play the first three games of the season, you would have had a veteran in the wings. So 
his leverage was a little different. You're right from the standpoint of the contract. I, I really don't know what they would be willing to offer him now. Like, there's no way you make him the highest paid quarterback. No, you, first. you can't. You can't. Yeah, right. You can't. You can't. Business, just business-wise, there's no way I can gamble on giving you that type of money um, that's going to be in the, in the same area code as uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson when you're coming off that type of leg injury. Yeah. Unless I, he would have had the, the type of accolades that, like, if you had got the MVP like Mahomes or, or Lamar Jackson, that's the only way I could have seen that. Right, right. It, it, but but a, a healthy season for Dak, and I mean, he was on pace to have a really good statistical year. Yeah, I think would have at least allowed him to have the conversation that look, I did my part. It's not my fault that the defense wasn't as good as we thought. But yeah. I'm dropping thirty every night. You know what I'm saying? I'm dropping thirty every night. So. I don't think he he even gets in that conversation. But what I think will happen is if he is healthy and cleared to resume football activities in March or April, the Cowboys got to make a decision by February on whether they want to franchise him or give him a new contract. I wouldn't be surprised if they put the franchise de designation on him, mm -hmm. but behind the scenes speak to him and say, look, we're just putting the franchise as a placeholder so that if we can't come to an agreement, worst case scenario, you're making $45 million next year, right? Best yeah. case scenario, let's work out a long-term deal. So let's do a four-year deal, you know, at, at something close to $35 million. But that gives you the opportunity, again, to be a free agent when you're still young enough. Dak right now is 26. So a four-year deal would only make him 30 when he's hitting the market again. So I think, and, and I'm just, these are hypothetical numbers I'm throwing out. I think there's something like that that could be worked out where it works for both sides, where it's like, look, we're going to take care of you as a player but we can't take care of you to the level that you want us to take care of you because you've got to understand you're coming back from a very gruesome injury. Yeah. So let's get you some money. Let's get you some guaranteed money so that you don't feel rushed to hit the field again. But let's also make sure that we put you in a position of comfort where, you know, we support you as well. And I think Dak will be there. Um, yeah. I, see, uh, seeing the way the players reacted to it, seeing the way the players reacted, seeing the way the players spoke about it. You could tell he's very well liked. And it's so unfortunate for him because we were on the air that day when it happened mm -hmm. and we were just talking about how, you know, it was, it was messed up that certain media types took jabs at him for speaking his mind about how he felt after his brother's death. And then for him to have the type of season he was having and then have this injury truly sucks, man. Now, I, all right. So I have a question for you. Is Dak better than Tony Romo when, when they gave Tony Romo his big contract? So that's the, I hate that we have those debates, man. Um, no, no, you know why I say that? Because the reason I hate that we have those debates was I think Tony Romo had less talent than Dak. Yeah. And Dak does now. Okay. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. And, and, and I know there's going to be people who are going to say, oh, well, Tony Romo, he had Terrell Owens. He had an old Terrell Owens. That wasn't Terrell Owens that was in Philly or San Francisco. That was an older Terrell Owens. Um, he had DeMarco Murray maybe two years and then they let go of DeMarco Murray. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Dak has had the privilege of that line, especially when Dak first took over as a quarterback, that was the best offensive line of football. Zeke Elliott, if you don't have him as your number one running back, he's easily in the conversation of top three, top four. Yes. Amari Cooper is a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like he, I think he has more at his disposal than Tony did. But I give Dak a lot of credit to, um, I'm not gonna say who I think is truly better. I think they're very close, 
but ultimately he deserves his money. It's just the injury is, is going to be the, the, the major roadblock in the whole situation. So, okay. So my next question is, so why does an older Tony Romo get that comp, that contract like that? No hesitation. And the younger Dak Prescott, who hasn't even reached his prime yet, it, there's so much behind him getting a new contract. It's mainly because of the, the circumstances of the team. We got to remember that this really within the last two years, the Cowboys traded a first round pick for Amari Cooper. So they had to give Amari his money because first round picks are of the utmost value in the NFL. Um, unlike the NBA, like the NBA, if you have a first round lottery pick, that means something. If you got a late first round, there's like, ah, that's, right. that's probably a guy that's just gonna fill out the bench for two years, right? Mm -hmm. NFL, you get starters all throughout the first round. Doesn't, doesn't matter where you're picking. So when you give up a first rounder for a wide receiver, you have to compensate them. Yeah. Um, just to use a, uh, another analogy, the Rams gave up two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey. They had to pay him. Like you cannot let him leave at that point. Yeah. So there was that factor. And then there was the fact that Zeke had just held out and Zeke became at the time the highest paid running back. So when you factor those two positions in that we're already paying top dollar for our running back, our receiver, we gave Dexter Lawrence $90 million to be the highest paid defensive end. There's only but so money, so much money to spread around. So yeah. I don't think is that they don't want to pay Dak. I think they were caught in a situation where all this other talent blossomed so fast that now it's like Dak is, is his turn to get paid, but where are we finding the money to pay you now? If okay. if they pay Dak, if they pay Dak top dollar, not even the top, I'm not saying the number one spot, if they pay him top five quarterback money. Dak, Zeke, Amari Cooper, and and uh, Demarcus Lawrence are going to eat up probably sixty percent of their salary cap. Well, sure. With as bad as that damn defense is playing, you should have took some of that money back from Demarcus Lawrence and gave I mean, it to Dak because he was out there throwing four hundred plus yards a game the past three four weeks. I, I agree, but coming into this season, one of the strengths was oldest oh, Dallas defense is going to be so much better. Yeah, that was the talk. Be horrible. They they've been horrible, and like you said, unfortunately, all that money's already been given out to these other guys. So it's not like you could say, "All right, let's do a rewind re <laughs> yeah. and go back." The yeah, money's right. already there. It's spent. It's spent. Yeah, it's, it's gone. <laughs> the milk's gone bad. <laughs> well, listen, man. Like I said, like you know, y'all know, I, I don't care. I, I like these problems for the for, for for Dallas. You know, I'm a Giants fan. I don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? But I do, I do wish that Dak would have gotten his money. You know, I'm all, I'm always for the. You know, we're we're, we're very pro player. You know, with most things, we're we're, we're pro player. Um, so I hope he can actually get back. Um, you know, it's crazy because again, man, it, like we had a record this year, starting the season. 11 uh you know black quarterbacks at the center we didn't already lost tyron taylor because of a, 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 a you know a incompetent doctor okay dak is out for the for the season with, with an injury so it's like the quarterbacks are dropping like flies we need these quarterbacks you know behind center uh not that Des deshaun watson is good but he had an incompetent GM that gave away all his talent, so they can't win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and he had a he had a great game this 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 weekend as well. Four touchdowns, I think, like 350 some yards this week. So he's still he's still trying. But he, he's had some amazing games the last three weeks, man. Because um, he lit up the Vikings a couple weeks ago as well. But like you said, it's you know the head coach and GM um, really screwed that. There, thankfully. 
really screwed that thing up, man. I mean, they they just completely <laughs> butchered that situation, man. And he, he's a great talent, man. Um, and like you said, we, we're normally pro player. We, we normally all for the guys getting their money. Uh, mm-hmm. But we got to bring up a certain individual that I've been highly critical of. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I've been highly critical of this guy, not on the field, because on the field, I think he is a supreme talent. Yeah. But off the field, the antics, I think, are just over the top. Antonio Brown, he's got two weeks left on his current eight. You talking about Mr. 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 I throw penis gummies at the police? Uh, well, I throw penis gummies at the police. Um, that was one of many things he's done. <laughs> yeah, um, just, what, just <laughs> yeah I, you know, I, I make death threats to women. Yeah, uh, I, I call out the, the owner of a team that actually signed me. Yeah, a lot of things, but he he has two weeks left on his current suspension. Trip, do you see anyone signing him again on the field? Super talented, super gifted, easily. If he would have stepped in right now in shape, he's probably one of the top five receivers in the game right now. Yes. Um, do you see him getting signed? I do. Um, and 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 more so because again, this season we've seen so many. Freak injury, so many more injuries, and they, and they said at the beginning of the season because we didn't have the training camps in the preseason, we were going to see more injuries, and we're seeing that. Um, so when you combine that with the teams that are playoff and Super Bowl contenders needing an edge, um, I think you get signed, and I, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore looks at Antonio Brown. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised even if the Saints look at Antonio Brown. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of teams that, that, that might actually take a chance at in Antonio Brown um right now. I mean I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers took a took a shot at Antonio Brown right now just because you know Devonta Freeman was one of the top guys in this league, but he just you know he he misses a game or two here and there. So I wouldn't even I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, because one, you're gonna get him for the low. It's not like you're not paying him 15, 20 million a year to sign to your team. You, you, I mean, it's, it's probably going to be the minimum that you're paying him to, you know, veterans, veterans minimum that you're paying him to come back. Um, but again, I, I think, I think a team does sign him. Um, I, the reason I, I, I say Baltimore first, um, just because, I mean, you know, one, you know, obviously his cousin is, is there, Hollywood Brown, but Lamar Jackson, you know, was also hinting at, you know, he he wouldn't mind having Antonio Brown. You know, they were working out together during the offseason. And when you look at what he's going to have to deal with with the Chiefs in the in the AFC in order to get to us to a Super Bowl, he's gonna need some help at, at wide receiver because they don't have um, you know, as good as Lamar Jackson is, MVP last season. As good as uh, Mark Andrews ha- has been the past season and a half, they don't have a top 15 wide receiver. And when you look at these other teams, the all the teams I mentioned, the Saints got Michael Thomas. The, 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 the Packers have Devonta Freeman. The Chiefs got everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Bills got Stephon Diggs. Uh, you, you know what I mean? And, and these, are, these are the teams that you're going to have to go through that gauntlet uh, you know what I mean? So even even the Titans, you know they they got they got AJ Brown out there who's finally starting to, to to get healthy and he's looking like he was his his rookie season. You know, plus they also got you know Derrick Henry who's just a monster in himself. But I I I definitely think Antonio Brown is going to get signed by a team that that's a Super Bowl contender. I agree. 
the best fit for him is to be with the Super Bowl contender. Um, I, I think Baltimore would be intriguing. I just don't know if they have a strong enough presence in their locker room um, to kind of quiet out all the extra noise that, that would come with signing Antonio Brown. Um, and then again, pairing him with his cousin, you would have to really feel strongly about bringing him in and feeling like that won't uh, fracture the relationship of, of certain guys already in that locker room. Because again, he comes in, uh, especially to Baltimore, he's your number one receiver. So, you know, are other guys going to feel slated? Are other guys going to feel like, man, this guy ain't really been grinding with us all this time. And now we, we treating him as the number one guy. They ain't good, they ain't good enough to have that opinion. Them wide receivers well, ain't good enough to have that opinion. Just I, no, <laughs> but but listen, I agree. But we know a lot of times, too, that when when it's a collection of young guys, yeah, yeah they've yeah, been yeah. going through it together, it's easy for them to feel slighted that now all of a sudden this guy comes in and he's he's getting all the call for him. He's getting eight to ten targets every game. He's the focal point of our offense. So, you know, if, if, if you're Coach Harbaugh, you would have to feel strongly enough about the leadership in your locker room to say, look, that won't be an issue here. Mm -hmm. But three teams really that stand out to me, I think that he would be a perfect fit. First is Seattle. I think if he were to go to Seattle with those young speed receivers in Metcalf and Lockett, if you throw a guy like Brown in there, I think they would be almost unstoppable. To me, Russ is the early MVP of the, of the league. Yeah. And you give him a weapon like that, and now it's off, you know, they, now they, I think they, they just separate themselves from everybody else. Um, the second would be Green Bay, as you mentioned. I don't think they have any other receiver or tight end really on that roster that Aaron Rodgers trusts as yeah. much as Devontae Adams. So to, to get him a veteran like Antonio, who knows how to get open, who can make plays, that could take him to another level. And it showed yesterday. They yeah. really struggled against Tampa Bay yesterday. And he, like no one else can make a play. You know, when that game started to get out of hand, they had no one else they could rely on to make a play. Yeah, and, and then Rodgers is a guy that could get to him and, and speak to him and say, you right. know, I've been here before, we've been, you know what I mean? He's that guy. Right. I think in, in both those instances, I think Rodgers and Russ are so well-respected in the league that mm -hmm. Antonio will come in kind of on the, all right, no BS, like, let's get to work because I'm playing with two of the best quarterbacks in the, in the game, so yeah. there's no excuses that I don't produce here. But the 49ers, I think, could be a dark because I think the 49ers are realizing that losing Emmanuel Sanders has been a bigger blow than they thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I know Jimmy G's been a little hurt, but Emmanuel Sanders gave him a big boost last year when they brought him in. And they thought this year that Debo Samuels was going to take that next step uh, to be the number one receiver. Debo's a good receiver, but he's not ready to be that yet. And we see yeah. Kittle dealing with some injuries. So I think Jimmy G would love to have a reliable target that he can get the ball to in one-on-one -on -one coverage. He, he would. Now, and and that could either be really great, or it could be a recipe for disaster. Because if you get the if we get the Garoppolo we saw two weeks ago that got benched, you you know Antonio Brown might not he might not hold his tongue too long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, if you get the, the Jimmy we saw this past week, then yeah, then it could be it could be it could be a beautiful situation and work out. So that I think would just be contingent on Jimmy G. You know what I'm saying? It, it, at least being a good game manager and, and him not being the reason that they're losing football games. Well, I think it, it would really be about, um, I mean, yeah, Jimmy G, you got to get the better version. You can't get what you, what you gotten at some point yeah. this season. He's also got to be healthy. Yes. But I think when you pair, like I said, when we talked about the locker room, Richard Sherman has always spoken, has been spoken of as like a great locker room leader. Yes. George Kittle viewed the same way there. Um, Cal Shanahan is, is creative enough offensively where he'll figure out a way to get mismatched for Antonio Brown. And again, we're talking about the team that was just in the Super Bowl last year. 
and everything that they were able to create for Emmanuel Sanders, because that was almost like a resurrection of his career there. We forgot about him in Denver, and then he played really well in San Fran last year and helping him get to the Super Bowl. So I think Antonio going there could fill the same role. And I think he's a better receiver than Emmanuel Sanders is. So I think oh, he would fit yeah. in seamlessly there. But that's no slight, slight to Sanders, but yeah. Right. There's yeah, no, no slouch to Emmanuel Sanders. But and, and again, Antonio Brown, when he's on his game, he's easily in the conversation as one of the top five receivers in the game. Yeah. And for me, as a fan, though, I really love to see him in Seattle or Green Bay because just to have that type of receiver with, with those quarterbacks, I think yeah. we could see some special things. Yeah, yeah. listen, either one of those, either one of those places, you know, listen, I, 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 would, I wouldn't be opposed to Aaron Rodgers getting another ring. Um, you know, obviously his team ain't helping him out, you know, in the draft by getting them other weapons. So at least if you got a chance to snatch up a, a, a guy who's arguably top five, maybe even top three, receiver you know when he's on when he's on the field and you can get him for cheap for the cheapest of the cheap hell yeah take that chance you know same thing if you if you're, if you're San Fran you were a quarter away from from being Super Bowl champion and now you're bringing in a, a, a top five top three wide receiver for the, for the low yeah why not uh you know I'm, I'm I'm all for that man yeah I agree um but like you said, speaking of uh, veterans trying to get another ring, shout out to your boy, King James. We're going to transition over to some basketball. Uh, King James is fourth ring, and there's already talks about how they're trying to reload for next year. Mm-hmm. We're hearing Chris Paul's name thrown out there. We've seen Derrick Rose's name thrown out there. Um, I've recently listened to a podcast that Jared Dudley was on, and he talked about it as well, that make no mistake, LeBron plans on trying to add to this roster. So as... A LeBron supporter. I'm not going to say Laker fan because I know how you feel about the, huh? I like how you say LeBron fan. Like bump, bump, bump the GM. We, we, I mean, let's, let's, let's not fool ourselves. We know yeah, we who's know, calling we the know. shots. Exactly. And, and, and I don't know if you saw this. There was recently, uh, there, there was a um, snippet of their, um, it was actually after they, they finalized in one game six and someone is recording the footage where they're talking to LeBron about, how important it was to bring AD over to the Lakers. And in him talking, he openly says, yeah, that's that's why I fought tooth and nail to get him over here. Like LeBron basically said, like, listen, listen, if you're going to give anybody executive of the year, give it to me. Word, it better Rob be LeBron. Well, yeah, Rob Palenka just doing what I tell him to do. He, it, it, Braun, but he might have to split it with Rich Paul, though. Because Rich Paul got six clients on that Lakers roster right now. Well, we we just we might as well call them the Clutch Sports Lakers. Yeah, exactly. Clutch Sports yep. Lakers at this point. <laughs> yep. Um But again, I, I know you're not a Laker fan. You're you're a LeBron supporter. I'm under contract. So I'm under contract. That's it. It's 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 uh, as 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 uh Shannon Sharp said, you wasn't a Heat fan. You wherever he at. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Right. right. But, I t- but hey, <laughs> listen, you, Eric, you know, I, I've I've said this all the time. I rock with, I support the Nets because they're from Brooklyn. I'm a LeBron fan. So wherever he goes, I'm going to root for that team to win. I'm by no means a Laker fan. And when LeBron leaves and his contract and my contract and Rich Paul's <laughs> contract is all up, I'm up out of there. I, I understand. Now, like I said, I've thrown out Derrick Rose, Chris Paul, who... If, if not those two guys, if there's someone else, who would you like to see the Lakers bring on um, to almost guarantee you an opportunity to play for that 
next championship or guarantee LeBron, I should say. Okay. And and listen, I love Chris Paul. Um, you got a lot of love for Derrick Rose as well. I don't want to see either one of those guys going out to LA. And and again, this is with as great of a season as Chris Paul had, um, you know, out there, you know, this past season for OKC, getting those guys to the playoffs and took them to game seven and literally you know what I'm saying? A couple of minutes and a little bit of inexperience amongst those those younger guys out there, you know, they could have moved on to the second round. Um, however, again, now we're talking about another year added on to Chris Paul and the knees and whatnot. And I know he was able to stay healthy this season for the most part. Um, but this was a this was a different type of season. And now we're coming back again. I don't know. Derrick Rose, if, if, if you don't have to give up as much to get Derrick Rose, then it's like, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but the guy that I want to see re- really come in is, is Bradley Bill. Um, I mean, I know it's, it'll be tough to, I know, I know, I know, I know, but you asked me who I wanted. You asked me who I wanted. If you ask me who I want, I want Bradley Bill because I think he's young enough and good enough to, to really help. Cause again, you know, not only is Chris Paul and D Rose is another year older, but LeBron is another year older too. Granted, he's still the best player in basketball, you know, but he he gonna need some help too. He, you know, he's gonna be them times where LeBron, where LeBron is tired and Kuzma gonna have to push him up to play some defense at the three point line. You know, you might have those 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 situations. So I want, you know, I will, I want Bradley Bill. Um, but if not, if I know, I know that's a stretch. I know, I know. Um, I would love to see Zach Levine go to LA and, and run with, with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, Bradley Bill is, is more than a street it's uh, a stretch. It's, it's damn near possible. Well, um, no, I was looking at an article it, that was showing, you know, uh, some trade packages for uh, Bradley Bill. And it wasn't just like for the Lakers. It was just a couple of different teams throughout the league on uh, pro sports daily that article up. And um, it was just showing the different trade packages and the trade packages that the Lakers had, it wasn't like the other teams was blowing them out of the water with the with the trade offers offers that they had had potentially shown up there. Um, but again, I do I do know it's it's a stretch to say Bradley Bill. But if you're asking me who I want to see go there, it's Bradley Bill. With exactly yeah, I mean it's it's, it's right. It's 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 bigger than just the trade packages though, because I mean he's under contract for you know he's he's yeah. got a, I believe at least three more years on his deal. Mm-hmm. So I don't see them making a move just yet. Um, John Wall's expected to come back this year, and I anticipate that they're going to want to at least see those guys play together, um, if not for at least a full season, half a season. Yeah, at least. Before they decide to move on. So, And then another issue with the Lakers would be finding a third team to be involved in a trade because the Lakers gave up so many assets for AD. I don't think they could make a straight-up trade with the Wizards. They would have to try to find a third team to get involved, figure yeah. out how to unload contracts. Kuzma obviously is going to have to be involved, and, and you would really have to – um, break down the roster to make it happen. So I don't think it happens there. Uh, Zach Levine, that one's a, a tricky one too. He He's going into that final year of the deal. Um, but I just don't think the Lakers will have enough to make the deal with the Bulls. Because if you're the Bulls, like, why are you giving up on Zach Levine right now? You yeah. know, unless, unless he is adamant on I want out and I'm not re-signing, but even then, it's like, all right, what are the Lakers going to give us? Kuzma and, and what else? Um, expiring contract wouldn't have the same effect with the Bulls because Zach is coming off the books anyway next year. 
Yeah. So, you know, if, if I'm a flip Zach, I'm gonna try to flip him for more valuable assets long term. Yeah. Um, and and you know, in the form of 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 trade of draft picks. So I think it will ultimately be a veteran joining up with the Lakers. I agree with you. I don't, I'm not too ecstatic about either one of those guys, CP3 or Derrick Rose, because as I always said in the fourth quarter, we know the ball is going to be on LeBron's hands. And now you're asking yeah. one of those guys to just be a spot up shooter when that's not really their role. Yeah. You know, that, that's the really Lakers. why I say Bradley Bill, because that could be his role with LeBron handling the ball. Yeah, but even even shot. still, that that's a that's a slight to Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill is such a phenomenal player and everything that he can do. If you're going to ask him to just be a spot-up three-point shooter, no, like you can find that for much cheaper. That's in the last Yeah, but you can find that for cheaper. You you could find a way to get uh, Jerry and Grant from uh, Denver. You could find a way to get Joe Harris, who, who's coming off the books, I believe, with Brooklyn. Like, you, you know could find those type I, of guys. Actually, I would love to see Joe Harris go out to, to, to LA if, if right. you get him, you know, if you don't have to pay too much to get him, if you get him maybe on, on, on the mid level or something like that. I know he's probably going to uh, command a little bit more he's, than that, yeah. but if you could, he'd be a guy that would be perfect because that he'd be a, a younger Kyle Corver or Mike Miller standing next to LeBron who can knock down the three as just as good as anybody in this league. Yeah. So I think one of those guys would fit it better. Um, I don't think they need to make too many tweaks to the roster, honestly, but I understand why LeBron feels that way. You know, if you can bring in another strong presence, another guy who can, especially in Chris Paul's it's, case, it's consistency who, for LeBron. That's really what right. The consistency, somebody I can rely on, somebody who, who can be that playmaker for us so that I don't have to do it as much. Why not? Um, but I, I still think the start, the, the start of next season, we're going to see the Lakers as the betting favorites to mm-hmm. win it all they're still going to be the team most people view as the best team in the NBA because it's the best tandem in the NBA. You know, you still got two of the top five players in the league and no other team can say that. Yeah, and and and, and now that Anthony Davis understands what it takes to be a champion and what it takes to, to win and, and perform in those moments, I, I see his game, and he's already at, at top five elite level, but I see his, his game going even further further because it's different when you're good or not even good because he's he's great when you're great but you haven't won yet once you get the monkey off your back and you and you've won and you know what it takes the grind the hustle what it it takes to be a champion now you got the mental Uh, you know what I mean so I think he's gonna come back and even be even better I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Davis you know I'm saying (laughs) is the MVP next season just because I think he's going to be mentally now matched with the physical attributes and everything he can do on the court. And again, he's the younger of the two with, with LeBron. So now he understands that he's going to be carrying a lot of the load as the big guy and LeBron is going to go to him, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and as I mentioned, Jared Dudley kind of mentioned that, that LeBron was grooming him to the point of now you take it over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I'll carry you at small spots, but this is your team. And now I've kind of played Robin to your Batman. Um, and I think- Except in the finals, I still want year. LeBron to get, get, you know, finals MVP again. So other than Listen. that though, <laughs> you know, I gotta give Listen, my guys I'm, as I'm many not, accolades as possible, man. I, I feel you because, you know, as, as we've talked about before, he's he's chasing a ghost that I don't think he's ever gonna <laughs> be able to, to catch, but yeah. I, I get it. But he gotta try. I get he it. Gotta, gotta try. I, I completely get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Speaking of, well, we, we talked about a lot of things with the Lakers. We talked about, obviously, them winning it all and figuring out how to win it all. 
Um, there was a team that hasn't been able to figure out how to win it all, despite all the changes and really going left when the whole NBA was going right. Houston Rockets uh, president of basketball, Daryl Morey, stepped down this week. There's, there's always been a lot of criticism about Daryl Morey and, and the way he chose to build that team up. Now that he steps away, obviously, we know Mike D'Antoni stepped away. Trip, let me know, what are you thinking on the future of the Rockets? Obviously, we all, we're also hearing about Russell Westbrook trying to be a trade target. We talked about it a few weeks ago where there was a, a mock trade of Harden going to Philly. Do you think Houston tries to break it down completely? Do they run it back at least one more year? They still haven't uh, hired a new head coach. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. What do you see with the Rockets? Um, well, first of all, I, I think it was it was about time for, for Moria to step down. Um, he's been with the team a couple of years now and, and they haven't made it to an NBA finals. Um, and they've had plenty of opportunities they probably had their best chance was probably two years ago when uh was it uh Durant went down for a game or something like that. Or was it Clay or Durant? One of them two went down for a game and they had a chance Durant to uh series, yep. yeah, they had a chance to kind of close it out. They could have closed it out in six. They couldn't get it done. Uh James Harden stunk up the joint. I mean, everybody stuck up the joint really at, at that point. Um, but you know, you, you you tried the whole small ball thing. You got a gentleman sweep up out of there this year. And five by by the Lakers, you brought Russell Westbrook in there. You brought Melo in there. You know you you, you sent Capella away, and none of it's worked. Um, you know, and and, and it's not to say, I mean because the team is the team is is good. It worked. It's regular season good, but they haven't been able to get over the hump. So at this point, it's like all right, we tried it your way. You wanted to try the small ball, we gave you the small ball. You wanted you wanted Melo, we gave you Melo. He's up out of here. You wanted Westbrook, we gave you Westbrook didn't work you get rid of capella you know what i'm saying who's not obviously he's not the the most offensive center but you know he's very feasible he's solid and he's and he's a really good defensive center they probably could have used him in the series versus the lakers probably would have helped out i mean i don't see him winning with capella but probably could at least got six games um in, in the second round but yeah man it, it, it's time for a change they got to do something different it's going to be tough though uh because Russell Westbrook has a monster contract. James Harden has a monster contract. Obviously, you're not going to trade James Harden. So, you know, the guy you're looking at moving is going to be Russell Westbrook. What is his value right now is the question. Um, you know, I don't think his value is as high as it was when you brought him over a year ago. So you're not even going to get back what you had to give up, which was a lot to get Russell Westbrook. You're not even going to get that may not even get close to, to what you had to give up to get Russell Westbrook uh, back. Um, but I think it's, uh, yeah, they, I think they need to change. They need, they need a fresh start. Um, I think, the, I think honestly, I think they got to blow the team up because as it's constructed right now, they're not good enough. I don't, I don't know if they're good enough to beat the Nuggets, the Clippers. Obviously we've seen them, they weren't good enough to beat the Lakers. You're talking about Golden State coming back next season. I don't think they're good enough to beat Golden State, the way they're constructed. Um, so I think you got you got to blow it up. I mean, you have a great starting point with James Harden. You got a great you know MVP uh, caliber player with James Harden. So you got to blow this thing up and and find find a player who can complement James Harden, preferably a big man. Um, obviously, again, it's going to be hard to find 
that type of person that you can actually get. Um, but you know, you got you got Russell Westbrook. He 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 does have trade value. It's just not what it was a year ago. Um, so you can move him. You got Eric Gordon, who I believe is, is still under under contract. Maybe you know you move him. But I think they, they got to blow this thing up, man. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who they bring in and replace Maury and, and obviously who's going to be their head coach because I think that's going to determine what they do with the roster and, and how they want to move forward. I, I, I just don't see them playing small ball again next year. They're going to try to find a way to have a more traditional lineup out there. And I don't know if you really can trade Russell Westbrook. He's got three years left on that deal. And with all these teams that have cap space and assets right now trying to angle themselves for Giannis – next summer mm-hmm. teams are going to be skeptical with taking it on i mean we're hearing yep. reports uh, as we talked about there was the fake trade of you know would philly trade simmons for Harden if d'antoni took that job there's been rumors now that um and a lot of this is new york media saying oh the knicks should try to trade for russell westbrook i don't agree i, I would not make the move for russell westbrook at all uh we're not close enough to contending as as the knicks i'm talking about as the Knicks fan we're not close enough to contending and bringing him on for three years does what for you, really? I mean, keep you out of, keep you out of the, uh, the lottery. That's all it's going to do. That's all. At, that's, yeah, that's all it does. At, at best, it makes you the seventh seed. The, the ceiling yeah. on Westbrook in the East is we're the seventh seed in the East. Yeah. And again, we're not beating Milwaukee. We're not beating Boston. We're not beating Toronto. We're not beating Brooklyn. You know, we're not beating Miami. So yeah. it, it would be a waste for, for the next few years, uh, other than just saying, oh, we got a few extra games every year because we made the playoffs. Um, yeah. He doesn't have the same star appeal that he had four years ago. Um, you know, four or five years ago when KD left Oklahoma City, yeah, I think we all viewed Russell Westbrook as a star. But that was years ago. It's it, it's not the same. I and really think and Houston... And you don't really, like, the Garden is going to yeah. sell out regardless. Uh, yeah, this, if this is, you got star power there. They're going to still Yeah, sell you, don't, you don't need the star power to sell tickets at Madison Square Garden. We know that already. To me, I think the, the real trade chip is James Harden. And I think you try to trade him this year. And I know for some people that, that might sound crazy, but he's going to be 30 years old. Uh, I believe he's going to be 31 by the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I think you trade him now. I think you move on from him now at this point where you can go into rebuild mode. And again, as you mentioned, they're not going to win in the West anyway. So yeah. what is the point of holding on to James Harden until he has no value? Treat him now when his value is probably at his highest, yeah, get as many be. young assets in return, and you you kind of hit the restart button on what you're building there. Because again, new president and GM and new head coach is coming in. So unless they plan on playing the same style of ball where James Harden gets to dominate at the top of the key and dribble, 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 and then shoot a long three, yeah. They're going to want some of their own guys in there as well. I think you trade James Harden. I think you get refresh on it. And and I agree with you a thousand percent. I just don't think Houston will pull the plug on it. But I think you're absolutely right. I think it's the move that you make in this situation because he does have the highest trade value and you can actually get a, a haul. You can, you, you, can, you can get a, you know, that, that Paul George return you know what i mean that 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 um that okc guy you can get that type of haul and return for james harden again russell westbrook is not going to net you that return however if he's on your team you still got an mvp on your team who can go along with whatever pieces you find to sprinkle around him so again yeah i agree with you a thousand percent on that do the rockets do it 
I I don't know if they necessarily do it just because he he's he's he is the Rockets. He's been the Rockets for a long time. So I don't know if if they take the chance on doing that. But I do think that is the right move. While he you know there's there's only a handful of guys that probably have a higher trade value than James Harden right now. So you know if, if you can take if you can move him and get you know you get that haul in and and, and you got to look for towards, towards the future because. Houston ain't going nowhere like this. The way the way the way well, the team is constructed right now, they're not going. They're not winning no, no finals anytime soon. Well, I mean, we got we got to remember that even though James Harden has really made a name for himself and cemented his legacy as a Rocket, this is not the same owner that was there when he was traded there. This isn't the same president, and obviously, this is a different head coach that's coming in. Yeah. So, all of the determining factors in the direction of this organization are completely different now mm-hmm. than when Harden got there. So that's why I could see the new group, right? The, the new group in charge saying, look, as great as he has been, as you mentioned, going into next season, are we better than the Lakers? No. Are we better than the Clippers? No. Are we going to be better than Golden State, who's coming back fully healthy? No. Are we better than Dallas? No. Are we better than Denver? No. So I've just named five teams that we all expect to be in the playoffs next year that are clearly better than this Houston team. So even if they have a magical run, you're telling me they're going to find a way to, to beat at least three of those teams on a way to a finals. It's not happening. Yeah. I think this is the perfect opportunity. And with obviously next year is going to be another crazy NBA season because we've already heard the rumors that it's probably not going to start to January, maybe even, maybe even February. Mm -hmm. It's going to be another condensed season. Next year will be the perfect opportunity to flip them get off of that contract, bring in the assets, understanding that, look, it's going to be a short season anyway. We might have struggled no matter what. So why keep them here just for namesake? Let's go bring in the young assets. For for their sake, I hope they, they do consider that. Because, again, I'm with you. I agree with you a thousand percent on what you said. You know, sometimes, but, we, you know, we see with ownership, sometimes they they get it wrong and they and they, and they hold on too long to a player because of what he means to the franchise and i think and i just i just i just think that it's gonna this is gonna be one of those situations where the franchise holds on too long as to where they could have got young a lot younger um and 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 got better long term as opposed to being middle of the pack right now and and you're keeping james harden because you know he's 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 the foundation right now so, but you know, again, we gotta wait until, like you said, the season doesn't start till January, maybe hopefully January. I was, you know, I was looking forward to to the season starting on Christmas, but you know, it, it hurts, man, the fact that we're not gonna have the Christmas Day day games because that's like a, you know, for both of us, that's been a big part. I think you know, card up that's having those, those, yeah, man, having those uh, NBA games on Christmas Day, so that's really gonna suck. But you know, Corona out here messing it up for everybody. You know, we got it. We got we got we got to get it to get it together uh, really quick. World Series matchup has been announced. Uh, we both got half to pick. Right. You you had the, you picked the Rays to go. I picked the, the Dodgers to go. So, you know, when our forces combine, we got it right. You know, um, but I am, you know, and I say this, I got to go. I got to go with Brooklyn in the series. So I'm going I'm going with Dodgers. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm, I'm I'm going with the Dodgers as well. Um, I and I and I, I don't want this to come across as sound like a hater. It's it's not that. No, no, because it's it's hard to knock a team who makes it to the World Series. 
but I have not been impressed with the Rays at all, bro. I, I've got to be honest. Um, I thought I thought the Yankees let them off the hook in the mm-hmm. second round series. I thought Houston kind of let them off the hook. That series went seven, and I thought Houston actually outplayed the most of the series. But what Tampa was able to do was get the key defensive play in the big moments yeah. all series. And I'm I think glad, I'm glad Houston got bumped, though. I'm glad. I ain't gonna hold you. I'm glad Houston. Got I mean, bumped. listen, I, I, I've always been of the thinking. I've, I've said it before that, I, to me personally, as someone who grew up playing the game of baseball and understanding the game of baseball, the cheating scandal was not as big as some people made it out to be. Granted, I'm not, I'm not saying that knowing what what pitch coming doesn't help you. Yes, if I know a fastball is coming, I'm gonna get yeah, my back through the zone a little faster. But you still gotta right? hit it. But you still got to make contact. And just because I know a fastball is coming, that doesn't even mean it's a strike. It could be a high yeah. fastball. And then what? Do I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but either way, we, we moving on from Houston. Um, the Dodgers, I think, are just two stacked top to bottom. Mookie Betts is, is looking like, I, I really think Mookie Betts has put himself in the discussion as the best player in, in all of baseball. And no disrespect to Mike Trout, but we have never seen Mike Trout do it on the biggest stage. Mookie Betts is in his second World Series. Yeah. So we've seen him do it on the biggest stage. And I'm not just talking offense. Those catches he made in the NLCS may have saved the Dodgers season. In game six and game and seven. No, and, and no may have. <laughs> right. They, 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 the the they, catch they he makes in game six yes. and game seven yes. more than likely saved the Dodgers season. Because those are momentum-saving catches as well. Right. Right. Those swing the game completely. And then you add in what he's been able to contribute offensively. Mookie Betts, in my opinion, is the best player in baseball. And when you have him batting in front of Seager and Bellinger, it's almost like, who do I even want to pitch to, bro? Because Kike Hernandez, who who came in yesterday as a pinch hitter, hits a bomb to tie the game. You know, they have power top to bottom. Uh, Walker Bueller is one of the top pitchers in all of baseball. Only way I can see the Rays winning this series, Rays are going to have to hit much better than they have in the last two rounds. There was a point in the Houston series that as a team, they were batting under 200. As a team, they were hitting under 200. So they're going to have to produce much more offense if they think they're going to beat the Dodgers. Yeah, no, listen, uh, you're absolutely right. And again, I'm going with, I'm going with Brooklyn. Brook, Brooklyn actually had a, a, a really good weekend uh, because Brooklyn, uh, you know, we, we, we made it back <laughs> to the World Series. And then in, uh, in, in boxing, a uh, big shout out to uh, Teofimo Lopez, who is now the undisputed uh, lightweight champion. He has all the belts, all of the belts. He, uh, you know, I, I think he shocked a lot of people beating uh, Lomachenko because Lomachenko was the favorite going into this fight. But uh he, he man, listen. He he fought a good one. Uh, you know, he, I I was hoping he wasn't gonna let Lomachenko get back into it later because in the second half of that fight, Lomachenko I, he kind of he woke up and I think he realized, hold on, I'm about to lose these belts. And um, he started he started fighting back. And we actually had a fight, um, but ultimately, you know, Lopez was able to to pull pull it together. Um, so congratulations to him, man. That's big for for Brooklyn. That's big for the city. Absolutely. Shout out to the young champ, man. Um, I think he surprised people by how skilled of a boxer he was in the first half of that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and myself included, because I, I've seen him fight 
and I said, yo, he's a great fighter. He's a great challenger. And this is going to be one of Lomachenko's probably greatest tests that we've seen in the United States. But I was of the thinking of that he was going to have to apply pressure early on Lomachenko and make it a, a helter-skelter type fight so that he mm -hmm. could take advantage of his size and his power. He actually did the opposite. And he had Lomachenko frustrated to the point where I think through the first six rounds of that fight, I would have to double check the numbers, but through the first six rounds of that fight, Lomachenko never landed more than nine punches around. He had him that frustrated. And as you mentioned, Lomachenko kind of had to put his foot on the gas in the second half mm -hmm. and try to turn it into a brawl to be able to get through the guard of, of what Lopez was doing because Lopez's footwork and his boxing skill was just too sharp. He had him and frustrated. He had him frustrated. He had him completely frustrated. I think it was a great day for the sport of boxing and for boxing fans. And I think we're gearing up as 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 bad as 2020 has been for sports because we had that that such a long stoppage in all the sports. Mm -hmm. 2021 is gearing to be an amazing year, especially for the sport of boxing. Yes. Lopez and his dad have already said they plan on moving to 140 and possibly 145. Mm. And we know you got the Errol Spences, you got the Terrence Crawfords, you got you know Danny Garcia, Mikey Garcia, Keith Thurman, mm. Sean Porter, possibly even Pacquiao. Um, Javante Davis, who fights in another week and a half, could be a potential opponent for Lopez as well. So Lopez, at 23 years old, made history by being the first unified lightweight champion. Mm -hmm. And he's already said, we don't stop here. We're trying to make bigger and better fights moving forward. So, man, I'm, I'm so excited to see what this kid is going to do moving forward in, in regards to not only picking opponents, but what weight class he decides to settle in at. Yes, sir, man. Hold it, hold it down for, for the borough, baby. Congrats again. Um, we got another congratulation in order as well. Um, they actually had the, the, the virtual uh, Be Free Awards this week. And um, I, I, I think this is like the, the new norm now where the, the MVP is someone that, that works on <laughs> Real Fans Real Talk. So a uh, big shout out to Gene. Congratulations on being named this year's MVP award winner. Um, definitely well-deserved and we appreciate everything you do, uh, for, for real fans, real talk week to week, whether you're behind the camera, whether you're in the studio, um, you know, we definitely appreciate you and it's definitely well-deserved. Um, you know, and, and it feels good, man, knowing, knowing that the MVP is on our team, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't had about, I think Absolutely. seven now. I think this is our seventh MVP or seventh, 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 eighth. I gotta check the numbers, <laughs> but, um. Congratulations again, Gene, and a uh, big, big birthday shout out to, to CJ. Um, you guys know she's up at, in, in Maine right now working um, on the uh, Fox and ABC affiliates up in Maine, but it is her birthday, so we got to show CJ some birthday love on the show, so big shout out to, uh, to CJ as well. Um, really quick, got to thank the sponsors, uh, Kmart, the Rosado Firm, Petro Home Services, um, Soundview Liquors. We thank you guys for continuing to rock out with us. And uh, make sure you guys are following us on all our social media. Uh, RealFansRealTalk.com is the website. Facebook.com forward slash RealFansRealTalk. Twitter, Instagram, at RealFanTalk. And of course, subscribe to that YouTube channel. YouTube.com forward slash for the fans productions. And make sure you guys are subscribed to all of the podcasts, Real Fizz, Real Talk podcast, The Sanchez Show, and Shooting the Shit. Um, make sure you guys are subscribed. We're on all the streaming platforms. Every, every one of those podcasts is on all the major streaming um, channels. So make sure you guys are subscribed. 
new content every week for you guys. Uh, Eric, final thought? Absolutely, man. Like you said, make sure you subscribe to all of the po- podcasts, shooting the shit, Real Fans, Real Talk, The Sanchez Show. Um, and also, let's not lose sight of what's going on in our country. We're a few weeks away. Make sure you get out and vote. Go vote. Make sure make sure you vote. The polls open up. Get out there early. If you got to go early, go in. But make sure that you vote. There's a lot going on in this country. Um, and, and, and it all starts with that election on, on uh, November 3rd. So make sure you guys get out there and vote, man. With that being said, for myself, Trip Young, the legend, man, legend in two games, we up out of here. Peace. Peace. This is Deontay the Bronze Bummer Wilder, heavyweight champion of the world, and you're watching Real Fans Real Talk. Real fans, real talk, we as real as you thought.